Welcome to this day in history class. It's July 2nd. Today in 1839, the enslaved people aboard the Amistad staged a rebellion. When this happened, even though these were enslaved people aboard the Amistad, the transatlantic slave trade was largely abolished. It had been outlawed in the United States and in Great Britain in 1807, and then several other European nations had also banned it in the 18-teens. But slavery itself was still legal in a lot of the places that had been importing enslaved labor from Africa. And then the slave traders, a lot of them were still working, even though this was illegal. And as one example, the port of Lomboco, which was controlled by Pedro Blanco of Spain, was still an active slave port. This was on the coast of what's now Sierra Leone. And in early 1839, more than 500 Africans, maybe even closer to 600, were transported from the interior of Sierra Leone and were sent to Cuba aboard a slave ship called the Tacora from the port of Lomboco. After this ship arrived in Cuba, Jose Ruiz and Pedro Montes purchased 53 of the people who were aboard, including four children. And their intent was for these people was to send them by ship aboard the Amistad to other plantations that they had. The treatment of these people aboard the Amistad was just appalling. There was often not enough food or water. Beatings were common. The cook tormented them constantly, basically threatening them with the horrors that were awaiting them once they got off the ship. Eventually, an enslaved man named Singbi Pie, who is sometimes called by the Spanish name Cinque, led a rebellion. Before dawn on July 2nd, while they were still at sea, he got the other people who were enslaved with him to figure out how to release themselves from their shackles in the ship's hold. This was a kind of a feat. They were in the ship's hold. There wasn't a below decks, really. There was just the upper deck and the cargo hold. They were shackled down there. They represented at least nine different ethnic groups from parts of what's now Sierra Leone. They didn't necessarily all even speak the same language very well, but they all worked together in spite of all this to free themselves from their shackles, then to kill the cook that had been tormenting them in his sleep, and also to take on the captain of the ship. The crew were not able to grab their firearms because things happened so quickly. The enslaved people armed themselves with cane knives that they had found in the hold with them, And they were basically able to take over the whole ship. A couple of the crew abandoned ship and and made their way away in a lifeboat. And they captured Ruiz and Montez, the two men that had, at least in theory, purchased them. And then they ran into a problem. They had taken over the ship. They had succeeded in their rebellion. But these are people who are mostly from the interior of the country. They didn't live on the coast. They didn't have experience with boats and ships. They didn't really know how to navigate in this part of the world. They were on the opposite side of the planet from where they had been living. So they had to still rely on the two men who had purchased them. What they told them to do was to take them back to Africa. So Ruiz and Montez at first acted like they were doing this, but then they turned the ship to the north to instead, hopefully, in their minds, find somebody who would help them. What wound up happening instead was that they made their way all the way up the coast of North America, all the way to New York, to the southern tip of Long Island. And that is where a U.S. Navy vessel spotted them on August 26th, weeks after that mutiny had happened. 
At this point, some of the Africans aboard had died of exposure or thirst. The conditions were still not good. They did not have a lot of resources. But Ruiz and Montes were allowed to go, and the surviving Africans were imprisoned and charged with murder in the deaths of the captain and the cook. Those murder charges were later dropped, but they still had to face trial in Hartford, Connecticut, because there were multiple different entities all claiming to own these people. Eventually, a court in Hartford found in favor of the Africans, saying that they, number one, had the right to defend themselves, and number two, that they had been brought to Cuba illegally so that they were free. But the administration of President Martin Van Buren appealed that decision. It wound up being former President John Quincy Adams who defended the Africans before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court upheld that lower court's ruling. This legal process had gone on for more than a year and a half, and that was on top of the weeks and weeks they had spent at sea both before and after the mutiny. But this legal victory didn't have any provisions for them to get home. There was no repatriation built into it, and the Navy was given salvage rights for the Amistad, so they couldn't even just sell the ship to pay for their way back. Abolitionists wound up raising money for them to get back home, and the 35 surviving Africans boarded a ship bound back for Africa on November 26, 1841. They had several missionaries along with them. These missionaries, once they all arrived in Africa, began doing their missionary work, and their letters back to the United States for years included little updates about people who had been aboard the Amistad. They were referred to as one of the Amistads in these letters. According to the descendants of Singbe Pie, he returned home to find that his wife and two of his daughters were missing. It's possible that they were victims of the same slave trade that he had been, After a fruitless search for them, according to his family records, he returned home to live near a surviving son and later on his other descendants. Thanks to Eves Jeffcoat for her research work on today's episode and to Tari Harrison, who edits and produces all of these episodes. You can learn more about the Amistad Rebellion in the Stuff You Missed in History class episode from April 6, 2011. And you can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for an ancient discovery, at least one that we think is ancient. 